Hello everyone, welcome to Advent Adoption Adventures. Almost forgot the name of it. Do you know why? It's because this is the second time I've tried to do this intro because the first time it all went hideously wrong. Um, those of you that can uh, be sat at your listening devices trying to play the guessing game of where today's adventure has taken you, I'm sort of at the end of concluding my trip into Asda. And uh, I figured, hey, I'm going on the adventure, why shouldn't you? Um, so, last week um, we talked about all of the different terms and breakdown of, um, sort of different jargon and things like that. Like I said, I, um, I knew that that wasn't going to be an incredibly exciting episode, but I'm hoping it was a helpful episode. Um, what it's... What I've sort of found recently is that I've been having quite a few conversations about language. Um, and it's, it's not a follow-on from jargon, but it's kind of a, a follow-on thought um, about language that is being used and that has been used and, and how it's used and what we then do about it. Um, now, I'll tell you the the reason that this started with me. And you know me, <laughs> I'm never trying to upset or offend, but fully aware that there's every single possibility that at some point I might. But let's hope for that. Um, this all started, we have, um, within my business, I've got a young person who is working with us on a six month contract. Their whole idea is that they will work with us um, learn some skills about going to work, and then at the end of that, they will go off and, and find a full-time position elsewhere. But over the six-month period, my job is to teach them employability skills, some life skills, um, job searching skills, and things like that. Um, been a really exciting um, and eye-opening experience. Um, been one to, to endure endure and enjoy. Um, now, this one particular individual that I'm working with, really nice guy, really, um, like when you, when you sit down and talk to him, he's got plenty to say, plenty to talk about, and plenty of experiences. Um, and when he's there working, he's, he's working great. The problem is actually, A, getting him through the door, um, and then B, pulling him out of his own self. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. I've spoken to him and said, hey, what's, what's the thing that's really stopping you finding your, your next role? Um, and he, he basically says it's his anxiety, and his anxiety will always stop him from sort of reaching that next level. Okay, cool, let's, let's talk about that. So we spent some time talking about his anxieties. Um, another one of the individuals on the same pro program, um, their partner also experienced high levels of anxieties. We then started talking about some of the experiences um, that we had as, as younger individuals and young people and started a discussion in amongst our team about some of the early years experiences that we'd had um, 
And both of these individuals talked about how they genuinely didn't feel like they would be able to manage any of these situations that we'd endured. Now, I'll, I'll basically <laughs> explain what they are. So the first one that I had was we were doing our, it's called the getting for a show. Um, and this was the last uh, show that I did. So I was there, I was on the road from 7am and we were driving to various locations, picking up set and lifting, shifting, moving and stuff. And then we were building the set and then we did a run of the show um, to check all of the lights and the tech stuff. Um, and that night I didn't get home until midnight. And they were talking to me the following day. I said, oh, how was your day off? I, said, I, don't, I don't think it counts as a day off. I then talked them through what I'd done. And I was like, no, I couldn't do that. I, I would have gone home. I was like, that wasn't an option. No, no, I couldn't go. <laughs> okay. So why couldn't you go? Oh, my anxiety would have been too high. So that's an example of what I'm talking about. And so there are a number of examples of things like that where, <coughs> excuse me, the, the team were talking about sort of everyday life activities. Um, obviously, I'm not doing that day that I just described on a daily basis. Um, but everyday life activities and how you just get on with it. And these younger people were sort of talking about how they just couldn't cope with it. And I then organised an interview for one of these individuals, the one who I mentioned, really nice guy, at high levels of anxiety. But I organised an interview for him with two people that he had been working with two days a week for two months in an environment that he had been working with. So I felt fairly confident that it was a space that he would perform well within. So, so he did that. And I gave him lots of prep and support and stuff. And the following day I said, you know, how did it go? How was it? And he explained that he had completely messed it up. I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's, that's life. These things happen. Why? He was like, oh, I had an anxiety attack and I just couldn't cope. Now, this is where I'm going to move into the dangerous territory about, I'm going to sort of raise some questions and, and share some views. And, and I want to make sure that I don't upset or offend anyone. So I will conclude it. You know me. Of course I'll come to the end of it. Um, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about the use of language and the use of extreme language. I remember when I was young, I wanted to become an estate agent. 
Don't judge. Chill your boots. Estate agents have feelings too. Um, and I was desperate to get into it, but I couldn't drive. I'd never done anything like that before. So odds were definitely against me, but I wanted to do it. So I got myself on Sushi's Rooted and printed off my CV. And I walked into my local town and went into every estate agency in the area with my CV and expressed that this was an area that I was really interested in getting into and I really wanted a job. And did they have anything? Um, the result was I got three interviews on the back of doing that. And in the end, I was given given a job. Um, the, the person who had given me a job, he said, you know, everything, everything is against you here. I should not be giving you this job. But you had the confidence to come knocking on my door. And that's that's half the battle in this uh, in this industry. So do you know what? I'm going to give you a shot. Um, now, I don't say that to get you all impressed with me and look at what I did. It's leading me into when I had all of those three interviews, I, I walked into every single one of those rooms feeling really nervous, feeling really worked out because what if I didn't get it? What if I wasn't given the opportunity? That'd be, that'd be horrible um, and I'd be really disappointed. So I felt really nervous. I guess the question that I'm asking is, when did nervous turn into being anxious? When did, when did our language around that change? Now, that's not to say that back in the day when I was doing my interview, people didn't have anxiety. And it's also not to say that anxiety doesn't exist because I know, I, I genuinely, I know that anxiety is a thing. I, I do. I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just thinking about how, how dangerous it can be to change language to that extreme a level. Now, some of you at this moment may, may be kind of listening saying, okay, interesting discussion, but what's this got to do with adoption? Fair question, very fair question. I think, first and foremost, I think that it's our responsibility as parents to be thinking about this sort of thing and thinking about some of the challenges that, that are faced. And I also think that it's our responsibility to challenge it as well. Now, 
anxious people will tell you that being challenged on this sort of thing does not bode well and really isn't really isn't easy for them totally get that totally understand but where does it come from so my mum um, will often talk about when she was young she used to take just a little bit longer to get to know people um, she would just be just a little bit more cautious conscientious um, just take her time to meet and greet people and she was fine with this but what happened was her parents got into the habit of each time that she met a new person before she could speak the person was told don't worry about Elaine she's shy now what ended up happening was she became shy and she found herself really struggling with quite a lot of um, sort of social endeavours and social circles and not wanting to talk do I think that her parents made her shy? No. Do I think that they helped? Also, no. Um, if, if, we, if we tell our children something enough, the language that we use, it will become a part of them. I'm sure I've talked a, a number of times before about how um, little dude's Senko was so desperate to put a label on little dude of ADHD or anything like that. And we really didn't feel that that was needed. We said that that's not, that's not the label that he needs. Um, and that's not how you're going to get support because actually you're, in her instance, you're just trying to apply for a label because that way the school can apply for more funding, which you won't use to his benefit. You'll just use it to your own. Um, but the language that we use can be really, really powerful and can be really influenceful. influential. Influential? Yes, let's go with that word. That's better language, isn't it? Um, if if we continue to tell it's it's no different to anything else is it you know if you continue to tell someone that they are ugly sooner or later they will believe it if you continue to allow someone to fill the world of anxiety is that what they will go into like i said a, a number of episodes ago when when we find that there's a certain situation, certain something that is difficult for little dude, what we actually do is we push him to do it more. Push him to have those experiences. We encourage him to be the best version of himself. 
Um, I, I swear, I swear that I've told you this uh, this one before. Um, apologies if I have, but there was um, there was a time when I told little dude of a particular podcast that I was enjoying, and I suggested that he listen to it. He did, um, and he sort of spoke to me and said, "Oh, I thought it was really funny. I really like this. I really love that." Um, however, within their language, they incorporated these group of individuals but they didn't incorporate those group of individuals and i found that really offensive and at that point sort of dad and i kind of said you've got to be really really careful because the more that you use the term offensive or offended the less power and meaning they actually has um, and we've moved into a world where people are very easily offended um, and as a result, when someone is genuinely offended or some content is genuinely offensive, it's harder to identify. Um, and as a result, again, we are using really sort of extreme language, over-the-top language, language that is actually dangerous to move forward in my humble opinion. <laughs> Please don't find my content offensive. Um, like I say, just my views, just my opinions. And it was a conversation I was having with somebody together the other day. And I said, you know, it's about understanding and respecting that we are now using quite extreme language and we need to be quite, quite careful about that. Um, and we need to be able to challenge that and push back and kind of, I think, re-educate. Um, like what we're doing with this individual at work and just helping him to understand what life looked like. Now, it's not in those situations of where I want to sound like I'm a, a, an old guy teaching the new generation and all back in my day. Because you cannot judge... <coughs> it's... <laughs> It's not fair to to judge yesterday's actions on today's standards. We have to we have to look in the moment, and we have to understand the moment. So there are many things as I was growing up that I didn't have access to, and today's generation do, and that's made their life easier. And in many other ways, it's made their life harder. So it is about understanding, but. I think trying to help educate the, the sort of younger generations on some of the activities and experiences that we've had to help them understand that life doesn't have to be so scary. At the moment, little dude is um, sitting his mock exams um, or end of year exams for the end of year 12. Um, and he's feeling really nervous. A normal expected reaction. And of course, there's been a few sort of stressy moments, a few um, uncomfortable moments, all to be expected. And again, it's just about helping our kids to put the right language in place to say, right, let's talk about how you're feeling. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about what we can do to help you feel better, safer. But in many ways, don't be afraid of feel nervous.
It's not a bad emotion. Consciousness is not a fantastic one either. But it's not... It's not life-ending if you're feeling nervous. The world will still spin and the experience will still happen. You might come out of it with a good result, you might come out of it with a bad result, might be an indifferent result, but that's okay. Just relax. The interesting thing within this is the next level of language. Um, I've noticed quite a lot um, that there's quite a lot of conversations about the language that's being used and continues to be used within the world of adoption and how we need to start thinking about that because actually some of that language can be quite damaging. We talked um, a number of probably probably a year ago um, on the last contact episode that we did um, we talked about the language of birth family um, and how after talking to two good mums um, I sort of like heard them use first family um, and hearing that term of first family and really seeing the value of, of that language um, and and hearing how that sort of sounded then the word contact um, and sort of the language that surrounds contact about the expectation that there will be face-to-face contact with siblings and there will be letterbox with families, um, birth families. And, and you kind of think, okay, again, there's that expectation, there's language that is being used to paint a picture. I was at an event recently, uh, Development Day, and um, we were talking about um, post-adoption support, um, things that were available, things that weren't. Um, And one thing that was mentioned that day was how um, one, one person used the language, we were talking about adoption breakdowns, and one person used language um, about the sort of family placement um, and the placement of a child or children. And they they sort of talked about how a lot of the language, again, you know, this is an adopted family, we've made a placement, it's placement day and all things like that this individual was saying that she felt that the language almost created and gave you distance. It's not to say that, hey, because we use the word placement, that's why the reason breakdown happens. But what she was saying was, could it be a contributing factor? Because is it is it that there's just that little bit of distance? Is there that is it is it that some parents hear that? And hear that there is a way out. Now I know that that's sort of kicking over, kicking all kinds of stones over, and and I'm not delving into that. We've done a, an episode on breakdowns, and it's a it's a horrific topic, um, and I cannot even begin to imagine those experiences that any one of the 
people going through that would go through. So I don't want to sort of, I, I don't want to be the, the one to voice my views on that without experiencing that. That's not fair. But the question, I think, was a really good question. The language being used within those worlds is a really good, poignant question of, are we saying and doing the right things to really emphasise for, for our families that they are families? That this is a family, not an adoptive family, it's not a placement, it's family time. And again, I think I think it's one of the subjects that I find what, probably the most fascinating in life, actually, is language and the use thereof. Um, there was um, there's a positive mental attitude speaker called Skip Ross, um, who I followed when I was younger. He, I was inspired by my grandfather to listen to him. Um, really interesting guy. Um, and he talked about language. And he said, you know, just the way that we change the, the way that we structure a sentence can can be enough. Um, he used the example of who do you think you are compared to who is it that you believe yourself to be? Both are the same question, both obviously delivered very differently. But there's not much change in the language, but significant change in the meaning. And I think that that's a, a really incredible thought process of understanding the language that we're using and how important it is for our children um, and for our families as well. Um, you know, the language that we're using around our families so as they know the language that they can use around our families is really, really important. Um, so, yeah, I've just been, I've been pondering that quite quite a lot um and i've just found it really interesting i would love to hear your thoughts um like i say i know that i sounded pretty soapboxy at the start about um anxiety and nervousness i, I definitely want to reiterate i am fully aware that anxiety exists and that for some people anxiety can be incredibly disabling and I'm not indicating that anxiety isn't a real thing. I, I genuinely am not. What I'm trying to sort of open up as a discussion is, is the term anxiety being used correctly? Or are there people who have, you know, I've I've met people who have said, "Oh, my child is has ADHD," and I look and go, "No, they're just very energetic, very lively. Um, they've got a lot of excitement and a lot of pent up energy, and that's fine. That's good. But call it what it is. And just because the child has 
um, ADHD, it does not then mean that their behaviour can be atrocious. But I've been in certain situations where that has been the exact case. It has been used as the reason for bad behaviour. And in my opinion, that is not the way to deal with things. We have to challenge these things. Okay, you have this. Not a problem. Let's let's hit this head on. Let's find ways of coping with that. Let's not just say, oh, that is what it is. Let's, you know, let's just go, oh, well, we can't do anything about that because it, it is there. Well, no, we, we always have to find a way um, because, again, that would be very negative language, wouldn't it? Um, so, yeah, the language that we use, let's... Let's give it some thought. Um, like I say, really, really keen to hear from you um, and hear your views. Perhaps you can come back to me and, uh, and let me know how you feel. Um, you can find us on our social medias. Um, like I've said in the past, the one that I'm most um, sort of prominent on would be Instagram, which is adoption.adventures. But you can find me on Facebook under the same name or Twitter under Adoption Advent One. Um, do come and find us and uh, and have a chat. I hope to speak to you soon. Bye.